Hello everyone and welcome to the Healing My Earth, Healing Me podcast, the podcast where we explore different concepts and ideas on how our actions are affecting our environment and how that goes back to our own health and well-being. So today we're with Holly and this is the episode where I thought I was recording <laughs> a few weeks ago or a few months ago now when I released that episode on sharks when I was talking to Liz about Shark Week. Um, because I stuffed up my spreadsheet. So here is the episode about sharks. It's Shark Awareness Day in four days after this will be released, which is the 14th of July. And I'm really excited to share this conversation with Holly. So Holly is a qualified graphic designer, having completed a Bachelor of Visual Communication Design at University of Newcastle. And so continuing her journey at UON, Holly is now studying a Bachelor of Science, majoring in diversity, conservation and ecological sciences. And I absolutely love this because she plans to spend her life learning by deepening her understanding of the world around her, being creative, never forgetting the importance of imagination and endeavours to live an eco-conscious life. And so she talks a bit about this um, throughout this episode, but just a bit of a background. Holly has um, Planet Warrior education and Planet Warrior education is her way of combining her skills as a graphic designer with her passion for creating positive change and educating the next generation. She spent the last three years creating Planet Warriors content and hopes it'll educate and empower children around the globe for generations to come. And it's definitely had a massive positive impact in the way I view the world now. Um, Having met Holly and having a few conversations with her about our world as an ecosystem and us as a being and what we can do to have an impact in that and I'm really excited to share this conversation with you so yeah let's get into the episode. Hi Holly, welcome, (laughs) welcome to the (laughs) podcast. Oh thank you very much for having me on. (laughs) It's been such a pleasure meeting you a few times and like getting to know you and I think I remember the first time we met I don't know I just felt like it just clicked and like oh she's awesome like I really want her in my life and she's just doing so many awesome things and anyway I can do to help like yes oh <laughs> yeah well I felt exactly the same way about you so <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you um yeah you've just got this like sunshine radiating around you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I'd love for you to share a bit on your why as well and I guess give the listeners a bit of context on why you do what you do mm-hmm. and then diving into what you actually do as well. yeah for sure okay um so I guess to start with my why um I think for me I've always had a connection to like the natural world and animals and the environment and I guess a big part of it is the fact that every day we're kind of given a choice as to what impact we want to make on the planet um, and I wanted that impact to be something that was positive and something that didn't compromise the health of the planet for my own needs um, so originally I started a company which was called Elasmo um, and it was totally a university project um, studying graphic design at the time. And we got basically an open assignment where we could do anything that we wanted. And so it gave me that kind of space to think about how I wanted to use my skill. 
um, because I'd always sort of wanted to work in the field of conservation or science. So I had recently watched the movie Shark Water, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, and Rob Stewart was like an incredible influence to see like a young man um, who really like he didn't even know photography or film before <laughs> documenting sharks. He just did it out of pure passion. Um, so that was really inspirational. So I decided to do my project on sharks um, and it was all about sort of changing that public perception around them. Um, and that definitely, that movie really opened my eyes as to how important they are. Like I'd always love them, but I don't know if I was always aware of like how big an impact they have on us. Um, so that was such a cool project um, and sat on it for so long and made some t-shirts and people liked it. And I was like, okay, maybe I can make this into a business. Um, and it took a while to gain that courage to start it. Um, but started it and it kind of grew along with me. Um, and now it's actually evolved quite a lot. And now it's more of an education platform where I teach kids and people about the environment um, and what we can do every day to make a difference. Awesome. And yeah, absolutely love what you do. And yeah, I've got a singlet as well. Yeah. <laughs> Massive fan. And yeah, I guess for the listeners, just explain to us where the name Elasmo came from. Yeah, so Elasmo is actually short for Elasmo Brank, which is the scientific subclass for sharks and rays. So it's fish that are made from cartilage. So sharks don't have bones like we do. They are entirely made of cartilage, like the top of our ears. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> I learned that part. I didn't know about the last part. There you go. You learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the point of me like doing this podcast is just learning from yeah, people like you and just soaking up all that knowledge. <laughs> oh, sharks are fascinating. Like they just, there's so many cool little facts that you can learn about them that mm. just blow your mind. <laughs> like oh. they're just incredible. I love that. And like strategically, this episode's coming out like four days before Shark Awareness Day. So here's some shark facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think one of my like favorite mind-blowing facts that I learned about sharks was that their skin is actually covered in tiny little scales called dermal denticles, sort of similar to our teeth. And for every species of shark, they're a different shape. So you can actually tell the species by the little dermal denticle that covers their skin, which is why they have sort of a rough, rough skin. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's like, um, it feels like sandpaper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other like sh shark facts for us? <laughs> so many shark facts. Um, <laughs> so some sharks with their eyes, so they don't have like an eyelid as such, um, but some sharks like the great white can actually roll their eye back into their, like roll their <laughs> eye right back. And it's sort of designed to protect their eye from when they're, you know, chomping on a seal or something. Um, mm. Other sharks have a nictating membrane, like a tiger shark, which is a little membrane that sort of comes up sort of white and covers the shark's eye to protect it which hmm. is a pretty cool little thing to have <laughs> yeah wow and they're meant to have really good vision um and can see colors which i yeah i didn't expect because i like just assumed like oh well dogs are colorblind so every animal's colorblind <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they're, they're like really highly evolved i mean they've survived like every 
mass extinction that we've had on this planet. I think that's pretty testament to their ability to adapt to change. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, true. I think I was reading the other day, what's the, yeah, the back of their eyeballs, they've got this reflective layer um, of tissue. It's called tapetum. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. (laughs) Yeah, which is allowing them to, like, see really well in low light. I suppose, like, you need to have that evolutionary, like, trait to be able to survive and like in deeper seas when there's not as much light coming through yeah definitely yeah (laughs) sorry what were you gonna say oh i just said that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh wow there's so many things and so sharks play a massive role within the ecosystem in the ocean like Mm -hmm. Can you share a bit about why that's so important to maintain that ecosystem and how that actually affects our health as well? Because I feel like there's this disconnection between nature and us as humans when we are a part of nature, we're not separate from it. Yeah, definitely. And that's such a good point, Um, which is a lot of sort of what I'm trying to do is is bring that connection back. Um, And the more you learn about this planet, the more you realize that everything is connected in ways that you honestly don't even think about. And ecosystems are such a vital part to our survival. So for a shark, um, sharks are upper level, upper level predators. Um, so they're an apex predator, so the top of the food chain. Um, and they sort of balance all the trophic levels below them. So if you take them out, you know, the trophic level below them might thrive, um, say it's fish, get lots of fish, they eat all the algae. Um, and it basically causes like a little catalyst effect in the ecosystem, which causes a whole bunch of unbalance. Um, and we actually really need the ocean <laughs> to be super healthy. Um, it provides us with a lot of the oxygen that we breathe. Um, 50% of the oxygen actually comes from the ocean from little animals called phytoplankton, which are the bottom of the food chain. So, you know, you go up and you start taking out the predators at the top that keep the balance, then, you know, it's going to affect our health. So I know it's like sometimes a little bit hard to think about a shark in the ocean and, you know, understand why that shark is so important, but it's, you know, it's so much deeper than just, you know, the shark. He, you know, they control all those ecosystem balances that we rely on. Mm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's crazy to think that they have, well, yeah, we're all connected and we all have our, I want to say superpowers <laughs> within this whole cosm of greatness that is the earth and then going beyond that as well. So, yeah, you mentioned that you, that's, that's what you're trying to do is educate people and like build that connection with nature again. Mm. Um, how are you doing that at the moment? Yeah, so... I'm currently studying science um, at uni. A lot of that is more just to expand my knowledge um, and develop more sort of scientific thinking skills. Um, But learning about the environment is something I've always done, always kind of done my own research on it, you know, watch bulk YouTube. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just tried to learn as much as I possibly can from reliable sources about, you know, nature. And so I sort of designed this program that takes people from big picture all the way down to individual scales. So it sort of starts off about, you know, our universe 
our solar system, um, our planet, um, you know, and eventually down to, to us. Um, and in there, we learn all about like ecosystems, biodiversity, um, a lot of sort of self-discovery as well. Um, Cause I absolutely believe that like our individual health does relate to the health of the planet. Like, if we've got a healthy planet, we're going to be healthy. Um, and at the moment, the way that we're tracking, you know, we're, we're creating a lot of negative impact on the planet, um, which I think is hard to get your head around because it's so easy to disconnect from it because it's such a big issue and it feels overwhelming. We don't always understand it. Um, and it's so separate in like time as in the effects won't be felt for our generation. They'll be felt later. Um, and a lot of the effects aren't happening directly on our doorsteps. They're happening somewhere else. So it's sort of bringing that connection back to the fact that we are one planet, that we rely on this one planet to be healthy for the whole planet to survive. So yeah, hoping that by learning about this stuff that people are more conscious of their decisions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful education and just being more aware of that so that we can make those educated decisions that's it and it's not you know it doesn't make you a bad person <laughs> like if you don't know if you don't know you you don't know like that's the point mm. um you know when as soon as you learn about these things that's often when your awareness is brought back to you know oh that that actually does that that's that's awful i don't want to do that and then you're consciously making a decision to change the way you behave and i think that's so important mm. yeah and now I guess we're recording this in like days where we're physically distancing ourselves and we're in social isolation and it's been cool to see environment taking its place back um, in different ways like in Venice um, and then the air in different countries as well they used to have really bad air quality slowly restoring itself it's amazing yeah how the earth and mother nature just heals itself mm. yeah it's it's pretty incredible <laughs> have you seen any like cool things that are happening in the oceans that are relating to like all the restrictions at the moment um i mean i haven't really seen anything like specific but i mean i can imagine that the ocean is benefiting from you know this um, one of the biggest things that's happening to the ocean, obviously, is like rising sea levels because um, of climate change and also like the release of um, carbon dioxide actually goes into the ocean. Um, a lot of the, uh, the ocean absorbs a lot of the carbon dioxide we put into the um, atmosphere, which causes a whole bunch of issues, um, which is ocean acidification. Um, which is a huge problem for animals that have um, calcium carbonate like shells. So like your crabs and your corals and stuff, they really suffer from that sort of stuff. So I, you know, if we're reducing the amount of carbon dioxide we're pumping into the atmosphere, it's going to benefit the ocean as well. Mm. Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah. About ocean acidification. Or... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So the ocean actually absorbs, a lot of the CO2 that we put into the atmosphere. Uh, it's basically like a little carbon sink. Um, other carbon sinks would be things like trees. So anything that sort of absorbs and traps CO2. So the ocean does it really well um, and it converts it. Um, I can't remember exactly what it converts it into, but little 
um, calcium carbonate animals use it to make their shells. Um, so if we, and it changes the pH of the ocean. So the pH of the ocean is really important. Um, you know, if you have a fish tank and you need the pH to be good for your little fish to, to thrive, the ocean is exactly the same. It has a pH, optimal pH um, that most species can survive in. Um, and when we start adding lots of carbon to it, it starts to make the ocean more acidic, which is why we call it ocean acidification. So we're changing the pH of the ocean, which is not great for most species that live there. Um, you know, if we changed it too much, the only species that will be able to survive are the ones that can adapt really quickly or the ones that just can deal with bigger differences in, that, in those sort of conditions. Yeah, thanks for, um, yeah, talking us through that a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> hear you talk about it more as well and like go into deeper depths. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to see what more you learn um, by doing this uni degree than that coming out with the programs that you're running. Yeah. And uh, so with your programs, are you specifically, I guess, inviting young children or do you have programs for adults that are available at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's kind of difficult to put an age on it because it's really up to the individual and how much you want to learn. Um, the content is something that I think everyone should learn. Um, so it is sort of targeted towards children um, just because they're sort of the next little scientists, the next change drivers, you know, next politicians. So I think it's really important that they understand the importance of the environment. Um, but it's, I want to open it up more to adults as well. Because I think it's stuff that we forget. You know, we forget how an ecosystem operates. <laughs> you forget about the planets. Um, you know, we don't fully understand issues like, you know, climate change because it's so big. So I think really it, it's sort of for any age if you're willing to learn it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Could even be a whole um, family activity that they could do together. Absolutely. And it's great as a family activity. Like when I've done the kids ones, I invite the parents along too. And I had a few families where it'd start off just the mum and then it would be mum and dad. Because I think like what happens is it's good for the child to learn it and the parent at the same time. Because then when the kid wants to implement things, the parent has that kind of background knowledge as to why they want to do it. Um, and they also have more of the tools to help them do it. Because um, it can seem super overwhelming and you're like, oh, you know, your kid decides he doesn't want to use plastic and you're like, well, oh my gosh, how? Like, how am I going to do that? And so I think these sort of classes help equip both the parents and the child with sort of the means to make those things happen. Mm. Yes, I love that. I feel like <laughs> you're empowering all these eco-homes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I mean, it's like, it's such a journey as well, becoming more environmentally friendly. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like you start and then you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much more I could be doing. Um, so it's definitely like an ongoing process. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to be mindful with like accepting that it is a journey. Mm. Like sometimes I'm noticing myself like, oh, like I could be doing this better. Like, well, yeah, I'm only just learning about it now. So like implement as we go yeah, yeah. but yeah, there's like, so many resources out there 
There is. Yeah. And it's one of those things like anything where you, you have to be kind to yourself too. Like it is a journey. It isn't always a super easy transition. You're, you're breaking things that you've maybe done for your whole life and your parents have taught you, you know, and it's sort of a shift in, in mindset and behaviors. It takes time. Um, and you're not going to be hundred percent perfect at it. Like, but the point <laughs> is that you're aware of it. You know, if you're more aware of it, um, you know, I feel terrible if I like, now you can't get, you can't use a keep cup. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I get so upset. <laughs> I get, you know, a takeaway coffee cup. I'm like, well, this sucks, you know, <laughs> so mm. it's difficult. You know, you can't, you can't be hundred percent all the time, but just being aware of it makes such a difference. Mm. Definitely. Which, yeah. So what, so out of everything that you know about sharks and rays and the ocean and the ecosystem, what's one thing that you think that would make a massive difference? One small action that anyone in whatever background resources they have can take to be able to start implementing change within their lives. That's healing our earth and healing themselves as well. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just learn about stuff, like be curious and question things. Don't just do things because they're what, you know, someone's told you. Um, So just research things more Um, like for sharks, for instance, the biggest thing is just learning about them. You know, if you're scared of them, learn about them and you realize that they're, you know, I think you convert that sort of fear into more of a respect. Um, and you better understand their role in the environment. So that's a huge one, particularly around sharks, is just educating yourself and then educate others as well. You're like, oh, actually, that's you know, that's not factually correct. <laughs> you, know? So, you know, just learning about stuff around you makes a huge difference. Um, in terms of, like, making a difference, it really depends, too, on the area you want to change. Um, you know, if you're, say, wanting to reduce plastic pollution just doing things like reducing the amount of plastic you buy at the shops like take your own little grocery bags rather than using the plastic bags that that, you know for your fruit and veg like you're immediately reducing a fair bit of plastic there um you know choose the glass option over the plastic option use that glass for something else like a beautiful vase (laughs) or or (laughs) handle in or just be creative um you know, just reuse some of the stuff that you get given rather than it always being something that you use once and then chuck in the bin, you know, mm. see a bit more potential in it. What can I do with this? You know? <laughs> Definitely. Um, like this, this is my little pen holder and it's just a glass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a glass handle and I was like, oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> um, so yeah, it kind of depends on the area you want to do. If you, I think if you're wanting to sort of, be more environmentally friendly in terms of climate change. Um, just be aware of how much energy you're using everywhere. <laughs> you know, like, do you really need to drive your car down the road? Could you ride a bike? Could you walk? Um, do you really need the heater on? Can you just put more clothes on? <laughs> um, mm. You know, have shorter, cooler showers is a big one. Um, so yeah, there's heaps of stuff you can do, like so much stuff. And it's not hard. It's just, you know, being more, more aware. I feel like I gave you lots of options there instead of one. I can't give like one definitive. It's really difficult. There's so many. Everyone's got a choice. Yeah, that's it. You have a choice and, you know, that's it. It's at the end of the day, it's, it's your choice. Like you're, 
fully responsible for your actions. So, you know, you get to choose what, what impact you have. So definitely. Yeah. I love that. And being <laughs> conscious about it too. It's, uh, I usually end the podcast on that, but then you mentioned something that I just wanted to touch on quickly. Yeah. Um, misconceptions about sharks. Mm-hmm. What are the common miscon- misconceptions about sharks? And like, can you help us demystify some of those? Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> so I think <laughs> one of the biggest misconceptions around a shark is when you ask, generally when you ask a person to come up with three words to describe a shark, the words are normally, you know, monster, man-eating, um, lurking, um, you know, and it's no surprise that we get these kind of words because of the media portrayal of sharks. You know, whenever there is, um, you know, unfortunately something, an encounter with a shark or a shark bite or something, the media is very precise on the words they use to describe the event. Um, and so we kind of get this idea that they're these big, nasty, toothy predators that are lurking on the beach waiting for you um, and they're going to chomp you up. Um, and definitely movies like Jaws didn't, didn't help with that <laughs> at all. Um, but really, when you start to learn about them, you realise they're not, they don't want to eat you. Mm-hmm. If, if sharks decided that we were on their diet, we would for sure know about it. Um, you know, sharks pass by beaches every single day and, you know, cause no trouble. They're just doing their thing. <laughs> yep. um, so, yeah, definitely think we... We kind of think of them as monsters, but, you know, we do way more damage to sharks than they do to us Mm. by far. So Definitely. Yeah. I think I was talking to, um, I do a bit of scuba diving and I was talking to one of the guys and in that specific site, they have lots of sharks there. And I just, yeah, I love that. That's probably in Southwest Rocks. That's probably still my favorite dive. And with like the cave opening up and seeing all the sharks. Yeah. And he said like sharks, uh, like humans are too bony for sharks. Like (laughs) that's why when they accidentally or they like chomp off someone's arm, they don't eat the rest of the human. (laughs) Like they realize like, Oh, this is too bony. (laughs) Nasty. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, what a way to end it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sharks won't eat you. It's all good. No, they won't. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Holly. I just wanted to take um, some time to, yeah, thank you for doing what you do. And genuinely, the seeing the world in 10 years' time with all these people being educated about the environment and the ecosystem and, yeah from you empowering all these little humans and then their families and then spreading that ripple effect bigger, like bigger and wider and broader. Um, Yeah. It's, I'm seeing a beautiful world that's yeah. More connected to nature. So thank you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to listen to another episode of healing my earth, healing me. I'd love to hear from you. So feel free to connect with me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And I'm excited to catch you at the next episode.